Hello and welcome. Oh, shit, messed up there. Photo, photo, photo! To everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Chapter Master's Memoirs. I know it's a bit late again today, well, for this episode, but hopefully you'll kind of let me away with it. Because uh, I'm late! <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, thank you for coming along. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's going to be, obviously, I'm going to start off with. Uh, the old reliable which is hobby progress then I'm gonna go into kind of list building for the campaign I'm currently in the slow grow starting at 500 points then 1000 and then 2000 so realistically not actually that slow when you think about it but uh, as well as that um, I'm gonna go into I had two games for the campaign for 500 point games uh, really enjoyed them one was at black Templars against uh, Tyranids and the other was with Tau against Grey Knights um, and then after that I'm going to talk about potential lists for the AOS event I'm actually going to next weekend I cannot wait for that I've got a few surprises uh, I'm mainly working on a couple of things and um, some things are kind of behind closed doors but I might give you a wee snake peek um, and other than that I'm just going to go into some previews and kind of talks about the the Eldari from the GW are releasing. Obviously, it's up for pre order and the day of recording this. But yeah, hopefully, you enjoy that. So, I'm just going to get stuck into it straight away now. So, cheers, boys! So, yes, uh, start off with some hobby progress uh, as previously promised. Uh, in terms of the uh, kind of hobby and I've uh, been on a wee bit of a downer, um, mainly because I kind of wore myself out getting a full 2000 point Stormcast army kind of built and painted for the last event, so I wanted to take it easy. Um, so for uh, for this kind of hobby progress for the past week or two, I've been working on mainly my Ideneth Deepkin. Uh, got a lot of stuff built and got some stuff painted. I'm pretty happy with it. I kind of with the thralls, I went with like a Rakarth flesh base for the skin, then gave it like a, a bit of a wash of Rikin flesh aid, and then a, a kind of sparser kind of almost glaze of the blue. Oh, I think it's, yeah, it was the Gilliman glaze from GW actually. So in, in, in parts to kind of give it a real kind of aquatic theme to it, um, make it almost look like, you know, like refracted light is hitting the skin. I really liked that kind of theme and that idea and I looked online as to kind of what colours come through more prominently so I wanted to to get that across and I think it works. Now, I'm not going to do that for the whole army because I just don't, uh, I kind of don't have the time to get that done but for the thralls because the, the majority of the kind of where your eyeline is brought to on the thralls it is the flesh so for them i'm definitely going to stick with it i've got 10 more thralls and 10 reavers to do with that um i'll get them blasted out no problem and i finished off two achillean alapexes as well i think they look really good um now for these guys well for the for everyone i didn't go into the minutiae small details 
I just kind of kept it, uh, like, to an overall theme, rather than going in and doing, like, numerous fucking edge highlights to kind of finish it off. I think it looks good. It gets the overall theme of the army across. It, it looks really nice when it comes together as a whole. So I'm happy with that. I've been kind of working away building some Krill Boys, and I haven't told anyone, but I have also been kind of working away, um, currently kind of trying to get my Gorgon painted and that's gorgon as in not the gorgon tank for like uh, astro militarum that is for the beasts of chaos so i'm really happy with that so hopefully that goes all right depending on if and when i get it finished i'll be taking them to the event the lists don't have to be submitted to wednesday evening so i think it's like four or five days yeah five days prior to the the event happening so hopefully if i get enough progress done on him then I will just jump in and take it out. At, at the minute, I've kind of ruled out the Krill boys um, because I want to focus on them and get them really looking really, really top-notch, really nice for the weekender that I'm going to in August. So for this wee one there, I'm going to be either taking the Deepkin or the the Beasts of Chaos. Now, I really like the Beasts of Chaos, especially with the new update to the White Dwarf, giving everyone, everyone an extra rend and kind of uh, extra two rend from turn three onwards, that kind of stuff. I think that's really exciting. So hopefully I'm able to take them, but if not, I know the Deepkin can put in a lot of work. And again, <laughs> I've had one tiny game with not all of the game mechanics using the Deepkin. Um... So that's that's going to be a, a bit of an experience using them in an actual tournament. But hopefully hopefully they do all right. I've made myself a wee cheat sheet. Oh, I'm so cute. So hopefully that goes all right. But yeah, uh, I've also been kind of uh, finishing off, well, not finishing off, uh, working away at my Black Templars. I've been putting some really nice edge highlighting on the Assault Intercessor squads and getting some work done on Grimaldus as well. All of this progress is on my Instagram, which is hairless underscore painting. That is hairless underscore painting if you want to have a wee nosy. Um, much appreciated if you give a like or kind of follow. Uh, I think you like the stuff I have up there. It's all varied. It's, it's, uh, it's scooched off by. So yeah. That is the end of my hobby progress, and next up, I'm going to go into the games I had uh, using my Black Templars and my Tau, and then I'll kind of go into the lists for the AOS event, then the Eldari kind of news previews, and then that's, that's us. So yeah, next up, I shall talk about my games. Okay, so quickly give a brief rundown of my games now this is going to be very brief so just take it with a pinch of salt in terms of kind of the, the highly detailed plan but yeah first game was with my black templars against nids he had a broodlord two squads of gene stealers and a squad of oh god a hive guard the the ranged weapon ones um he was the the, I, I don't know the, the high fleet, but the one that's like, if you stay still, you can reroll ones and all that kind of stuff. So at a 500 point level, those hive guard can really put in the work. For me, I had the Emperor's Champion, who's a boss. Uh, as well as that, I had two squads of uh, Assault Intercessors. Uh, the sergeants had Power Fists, and I had a Plasma Redemptor Dread with uh, Storm Boulders. Diddy guns. And an onslaught 
Gatling in the fist. So it worked out really well. I got first turn. I didn't go overly aggressive. I moved my dread up mainly to be within charge range of him so that I could counter punch. Um, and he absolutely took the bait. He ran his uh, Gene Steelers forward in his first turn and charged into my dread. Uh, in shooting for me, I didn't really do too much in turn one. Um, so yeah, in his turn one, he charged my dread. I was able to shoot. In my turn, he obviously didn't kill the Dread, because he only charged the Dread with one squad of Gene Steelers. So then uh, everything else moved up, and the Hive Guard stayed still. I think they took maybe about three or four wins off the Dread. They didn't have a fantastic phase. Um, in my turn two, the, the Dread was able to do a lot of work in shooting into the Gene Steelers. And then my one of my Assault Squads and the Emperor's Champion... No, actually, it was just one of my assault intercessor squads charged into that melee, wiped out those gene stealers, the emperor's champion, and the other assault intercessor squads charged into his broodlord and the second gene stealer squad, and um, all in all, I managed to wipe out his two gene stealer squads and his broodlord. The emperor's champion uh, decided to have uh, a bit of a show off day and go for the coup de gras and just absolutely behead the broodlord. Because that's what he does, like, he's a boss. Um, then in the Tyranids turn two, the the Hive Guard kind of launched another salvo into the Dread. Now he had some bad luck with the Hive Guard, I'll admit that, because two rounds of shooting, and he did shoot with them twice and rerolling ones and all that kind of stuff. Um, it left my Dread on one wound going into my turn three. And by then, because at 500 points it's such a small board, I was able to just run up and uh, my Emperor's Champion again was the one who landed the killing blow. The killing blow. Fuck you, Tao. And uh, he landed the killing blow and put his sword through all three Hive Guard. So, yeah, really good game. Max points for me. Tabled him by turn three. Yeah, super, super happy with that. Next game was Tau into his Grey Knights. The Tau worked really, really well. Putting, like, uh, m like max rapid fire, AP1, exploding sixes to hit. Uh, well, AP2, actually, and an additional AP using a strat with exploding sixes to hit. Um, and hitting on threes with marker lights. One squad of fire warriors deleted a squad of, um, Grey Knights, I, I don't know the name, but the bog standard troop Grey Knights, um, and then admittedly he did kind of come in with, uh, he had a purgation squad with all flamers, they wiped out um, pretty much both squads of fire warriors for me, so in that game I had a fire blade, two squads of fire warriors, and a squad of crisis suits. Uh, the suits were armed with, oh god, what was it, um, two plasma rifles and a missile pod each and there was four suits so that's a fuck ton of uh, kind of high AP damage shots so yeah uh, he kindled both squads of fire warriors um, by then the only thing and the fire blade actually the only thing left for me were my crisis suits but the suits alone dropped in and they killed uh, a dreadnought they killed his terminator captain and they killed his purgation squad uh, over the course of two turns the phenomenal like really really good output for them especially being farsight dropping in within 12 inches getting that uh, plus one to hit and then dropping three cp on that strat very pricey but re-rolling all hits and re-rolling all wounds with such high damage 
uh, not so much volume firepower it really really does work so oh and the i was so fucking psyched because the the very last dice roll of the game um came down to my crisis suits it almost wiped out his purgation squad but there was one guy left on one wound so i was like ah oh, fucking i charged uh yeah it was all crisis suits were left four crisis suits into him and ended up killing him in melee so melee tower yeah um that was a really good really good fun game i really enjoyed them but i can't wait till the points go up more to the 1000 and then again to the 2000 because you want to be able to bring more fucking toys to the to the table <laughs> so uh yeah that was that um next up I will talk briefly about the lists that I'm going to potentially take to the AOS event. First up is the Deepkin. It's going to be an Achillean King, uh, two squads of Thralls, one squad of Reavers, uh, a Leviathan, one squad of six Morsar Guard, and one squad of three Morsar Guard. Now, it's a small list, but it packs a lot of punch, and it's so fast. The average movement is, you're talking 14, with the Achillean King, with the Morsar Guard. The Viadon moves over 10 inches as well. It's it's fantastic. So everything revolves around that Leviathan, given all the plus one to hits and plus one to saves to all the eels, the Achillean King, and... Uh, potentially a squad of Thralls that run up. Oh, I've also got two Achillean Alapexes, which will be in one squad, so that I can make one the Alpha, so plus one to hit. Yeah, it's it's going to do a lot of work. Um, I'm thinking in terms of, like, anti-long strike and kind of anti... Uh, like, uh, Sentinel meta that's happening right now, um, being able to throw one squad of three eels forward and then behind that kind of layer up with the Alapexes so that he can only target using those... Uh, hero phase shots he can only target first the squad of three eels which out of my entire army is probably the least valuable unit then after that the alapexes and those alapexes have 20 wounds on a three up save because i'm going to be getting cover in first turn and um, on top of that the alapexes will be within 15 inches of the leviathan so i'll be getting an additional plus one to my save so even if he has ran two i'll still be getting a four up save which is really really good um, so that should put me in good stead to go the distance, like with that list, it's so fast, it's punchy, it's got a bit of tech in there as well. Um, in terms of the Beast of Chaos, it is two um, Zangor Shamans, I've got uh, four squads of uh, Gores, so that is two squads of 20 and two squads of 10. Then I have... Three squads of Enlightened on discs with bows. Uh, two squads of six, one squad of three, so 15 total. It's a lot of range firepower. Um, and finally, what else have I got? No, uh, I've got a squad of Centigores, which are just there to kind of uh, be a bit of a distraction. Carnifex, potentially grab a few midfield objectives. And I have the Gorgon. Gorgons there just to kind of give me a monster to open up some battle tactics and to give me some punch with that extra rend in combat from the Herdstone. Uh, he should be able to do some damage. So, I mean, I, I haven't heard great things about the Gorgon, but I think he'll do okay. So yeah, fingers crossed. Hopefully I use the Beast of Chaos because I really want to get stuck in with them. But if I have to use the Deepkin, I'm really excited about the Deepkin as well. So it's a win-win for me. And next up, I'm actually going to take a bit of a break, and then I'll go into some Eldari. Cheers, guys! You're 
listening to Chapter Master's Memoirs, and this episode is sponsored by the Hellish Selfish Elfish Shellfish. Once again, that's the Hellish... Ah, fuck, whatever. And now, we are going to dive into some Eldari Craftworld rules, as promised. So, um, I'm going to start off with Biltan, Biltan, the, the Swordwind... A pretty cool craft world. A mate of mine has a, a massive built-in army. Really nice the way it kind of focuses on uh, military might and the aspects and that kind of stuff. But in terms of uh, game mechanics, it's got uh, can advance uh, um, belt focus rolls of one or two inch count as three inches. I mean, that's okay. It's nothing to write home about. You can reroll a single hit roll per attack. That's very good. So I can see a lot of people kind of focusing on war walkers. Um, Wraith Knights, uh, Wraith Lords, that kind of stuff with that, just to, especially Fire Prisms, now that that strats out, um, to get the extra efficiency on the high damage, low volume shots. The trait is Natural Leader, which is one core unit rerolls, hit rolls. That's really nice, actually. You can pop that on the likes of, as I said, uh, War Walkers, um, Dark Reapers especially. Uh, that's uh, really, really nice. Um... I think I'm just going to leave it at that for the quick reviews. I'm not going to go into too much detail on the kind of traits, relics, strats, that kind of stuff. I'm just going to keep it the, the craft world attributes. So next up, we'll go into Iandin. Um, attribute Stoic Endurance, which is plus one to combat attrition. Mm, not fantastic, but what's really good for them is AP minus one becomes zero and AP minus two becomes minus one. So that's going to be really good for those Wraith Blades and Wraith Guard. Um, on top of the, those already having a really good like kind of resilience, basically giving them minus one AP uh, across the board is fantastic. I can see that doing a lot of work. Uh, next up, Sam Han, reroll charge rolls and fall back and charge. These guys are uber Harleys. So I can see this doing a lot of work whenever it comes to popping in uh, a lot of kind of max units of Shining Spears. Uh, getting that fall back and charge and reroll and charge with the, the Shining Spears is going to do a shit ton of work. They're just going to completely delete units, especially without a high movement. They can kind of hang back um, just out of charge range. Uh, they don't mind going second. They would probably prefer it because they can hide in a lot of kind of large L-shaped ruins and then pop out with that reroll and charge. Yeah, that's going to do a lot of work. Aletok, field craft, light cover at more than 12 inches and dense cover for infantry and bikers within uh, terrain over 12 inches and ignores modifiers to move in advance. Meh. Meh, meh, meh. No, I, I, I don't really see a, a massive benefit to having a Laytalk over some of the other craft worlds. Maybe just for fluff purposes and because the, the paint scheme's quite nice. But over that, I don't really see a massive a massive kind of want or need to go a Laytalk. Um, Maybe you might go down that road if you like the new kind of uh, Eldar Ranger jet bikes. Again, just for fluff purposes, but that's that's where it ends with me. Um, and now we come to the big bad boy of the group, which is Ulthway. Fantastic. Uh, foresight of the damned. Reroll one wound... Blah, 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 blah. Reroll one wound roll. God, that's mad. Per attack. So per unit, per attack, a reroll a wound roll. Really, really good. I think that's potentially better than reroll a hit roll. Um because, I mean, you're, you're going to be hitting on threes, and 
twos a lot of the time as well. Um, each Psyker gets plus one to cast for its first spell, so you'll be popping off those big spells like Guide and Doom uh, to get that plus one. Everyone has a six up on Vulnerable Save, which is really good. Um, I know a lot of aspects have the five up, but a six up across the board, also very good um, if you're going kind of vehicle heavy, that kind of stuff. It's nice. Uh, and a 5 plus save against Mortal Wounds. That's, we see that coming up time and again, and it seems like that is really, really useful in the current meta because Mortal Wounds are out there for everyone uh, with uh, Thousand Suns, Demons, Grey Knights, um, pretty much everyone, even like the, the likes of Templars and that kind of stuff on the charge. It's it's really, really good. So I can see Ultway probably being the most useful out of the whole group and them being taken the most. So yeah, that's a quick rundown, um, a very quick rundown, like a five minute rundown of all the craft worlds. I know there's uh, kind of the mix and match craft world attributes. I've seen them, they are very nice. I like a lot of the combat ones. It makes Highland Banshees exceedingly good, especially with those web web portals. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, and for this week, it is a bit late that this is going out, but you'll have to forgive me. Jesus, I got a new phone and that uh, kind of messed up all my apps and social medias and that. It wouldn't let me log into things and it wouldn't let me download certain apps. And on top of that, I've been working 12-hour days, so yeah, good times. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chapter Master's Memoirs. And I shall see you next week. Next week will be really good because... Uh, I have an AOS tournament coming up. I've I'll let you know if I'm able to get my Beast of Chaos on the table. And yeah, we'll see how it goes. Thanks, lads. Slana Wallyo!